Don't you see that it's happening all around you? You got the wrong halfway, Chief. Hey guys, it's Ryan from the Moon is Dead World. Um, today we are we we're moving on from last week's um, Army of Dark. Well, actually, we did that two weeks prior. It was um, Army of Darkness. We covered uh, before Halloween, and uh, we we did the Screen Factory Blu-ray version where we did the not the theatrical cut, but the director's cut. Um, today. We wanted to take on the Ash vs. Evil Dead television series because that's been going on for three episodes now. Uh, we're into the third week of it. And uh, we thought that'd be a good um, branching off point for us uh, since we both do love the franchise so much and we wanted to see what Ash vs. Evil Dead was all about. Um, and I've been looking forward to it for a long time ever since Facebook constantly was hitting me with like you know the ads and trailers for it. All the trailers for it, and then the, like the first four awesome. minutes, yeah. and you know they yeah they were, um, and neither of us get stars, so we're, I'm going to put this out there that we none of us watched it on the stars <laughs> channel. We had to find it elsewhere, but I'm not going to spend 14.99 for just one show. That's a sticking point for me, and I don't mind. Uh, ponying up for certain things, but um, buying a television channel when I already pay for premium cable is one of the things that I just I can't see myself doing. So, um, but uh, for those of you that do subscribe to Stars, either because it's part of your cable package or um, because you know you, for whatever reason you are paying the extra money for it, good on you for one thing. Good on you for supporting um, you know good good shows and. And um, good, good cable stations. Uh, for the rest of us, we're stuck with stuff like uh, The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, that's a little jab at The Walking Dead because I have a love-hate relationship uh, to it. Um, I just have a hate relationship. You have a hate relationship. And honestly, I've got to say that the this season is a little bit better. It's, it's, it's definitely gotten better um, for this season at, with the... Characters in Alexandria, and I haven't even bothered. You haven't even seen it, so you don't really no. know. Like it, it, I know. No, I only watched half of last season. I wouldn't. Um, yeah, so I didn't watch. The, I watched the first half of last season, then I couldn't be bothered to watch the second half because I lost interest. It does. The Walking Dead doesn't interest me yeah. at all. There's like two characters throughout the entire show that I like, and it's just the same crap over and over. That's why I said when before we uh started this, I said I wish you know Ash versus Evil Dead was on AMC. You know. Yeah, I get rid of the Walking Dead franchise and pick up with Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, yeah, I mean, I and I, I actually before we get into the Evil Dead um, television series, I I wanted to, uh, we could talk about the Walking Dead for a little bit because I know you haven't seen it um, like the last half of last season and then any of this season. Um, when you left off, did they make it to Alexandria, the town? Were they in the no. town? No, no, okay. it was it was right after they escaped. The, Escaped the one can uh, the cannibal camp. Okay, yeah. Um, so that was which I saw coming a mile away too. Because yeah. I remember watching it with a friend, and she's like, "Oh, you're not gonna be able to guess what's coming up." I'm like, they're probably, they're, they're, "These people are gonna be cannibals and shit." She's like, "Shut up, no!" And I'm like, <laughs> and sure enough, she's like, like, "Yeah, oh uh, yeah." Uh, yeah. Which uh, I don't know. I'm not trying to glow, but I'm pretty good at predicting that kind of s stupid shit. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just a sixth sense or I'm just good at pointing out, like figuring out bad. Bad writing or whatever, but yeah, and, I mean, I mean, it was a little bit after that because they were like, they started going into like I can't remember half the people's names from that show now, but like they were starting to go into the backstory of the fucking Seamus looking Irish guy, you know, with the thick red hair and mustache, and then the mulleted guys background. Yeah. And they were starting to go through that, and it's just like it's this 
same shit you see every season. Like, well, we killed off a few people, now we got these new people, now we gotta spend four episodes going into their backstory, and then, what's going on? Oh, not much, they're just being like, what should we do? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We're fighting the, we're fighting the, our former loved ones and stuff, it's like, yeah, I know, but we gotta do it. <laughs> but religions! <laughs> but whatever, you know, whatever topic they decide to yeah. kind of like, you know, like, why is your heart? into it. What, which, by that point, it's like, it's been what, like two years they're on? Like, yeah. They, they should by now, like, at least Rick's group, for the most part, is used to it. But you'd think the other outside, you know, the other people they run into would be kind of more grounded in what the hell is going on. But they still run into people who are like, oh, this is happening? Yeah. I didn't know this was happening. You yeah, know, was, they survived this long, yeah. but they're like, I don't know what's going on. I just kind of... It's like the the, pri- the one priest. Yeah. like and then, Actually, that's where I, I left off, is um they were at the church... And then they're, they're getting, they're splitting up. That was like the, yeah, that was like the downer part of like that season because honestly it gets better from there, I would say. I mean, it, it, um, to catch you up to speed really, they, they make it to this town called Alexandria. It's walled off from the rest of the world. It's a nice, you know, populated town so and all like these the, basically people. the governor's place. Yeah, sort <laughs> of, except all of these people have um, really never seen action. They've never seen any they've never had to survive on their own they've always just had this walled area that they don't you know everything is kind of sectioned off from them so these people they don't know what Rick's group knows and so they're they they go out and recruit people to come back to their their town but they're untrustworthy of Rick and his group because Rick you know they come in bloody dirty muddy um so he's, he's basically a psycho right exactly <laughs> and so they're very untrustworthy of him for good reason um and so basically uh the last half of last season was about them coming into this group being untrustworthy of these people because they're people that they have to train to survive and they're you know they're they're not used to having to survive they mm-hmm. just kind of live there um and so that was really the the crux of that part of the season and then moving into this season it kind of picked up in medias res, it was um, there was uh, basically a flash forward that we see, and then we kind of step back and see what's going on previously before that leads up to it. And so, really, what's happening is um, in the town, there's uh, they're they're being kind of overrun by walkers in the distance because there's a gully. It's basically like a kind of like a, a Fallout style construction site you know in the middle of the in the middle of the desert that um all of these walkers are kind of drawn into and then they can't get out of it Mm -hmm. um but at the same time that's gonna quickly be overrun and they're gonna get out and then start going to the to the site so rick has this idea to uh forego all of that like you know let's not wait for them to get out and come to our town let's you know do things uh, prior to that and so they decide that they're going to do this whole scheme where they're going to lead them away, uh, go out, lead them away from the from the town, and then lead them like twenty, you know, twenty miles out, wherever, however long, however far they think it's safe for them to be. And so they do that. It all backfires. One of the um, the main sticking points of this season so far, and we're coming up to the uh, midway point of the season, you know, where they do like the mid-season finale yeah. and stuff. We're coming up to that. The sticking, Which that, sh- that shit does kind of annoy me. I don't like how... Where they do like eight and eight and it's like... Oh, yeah, like and they end yeah. up on a cliffhanger. Because if, if I... Like, I could see how people who are fans of the show, I'd be pissed off. Like, are you kidding? Like, you know... 
It's getting because that it, it means basically every halfway point of the season has to end like it's at the end of a season, like it's yeah. a cliffhanger. Well, and that's really the problem that I was I was coming to is that um, the big sticking point here is that a couple episodes back, I think it was in episode three, uh, and this is a huge spoiler for anybody who like hasn't caught up to it for whatever reason and they don't want to hear anything. Spoilers now because I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's been a couple episodes now um, that it's happened. So uh, if you if you just stop listening and skip ahead like a few minutes. Um, the, the big thing was that Glenn finds himself in trouble. He's going to start a fire and um, try to like attract walkers until so like his other like Michonne they can get out of a a situation and so unfortunately he winds up it looks like him and uh, another guy are uh, about to be eaten by walkers um and so they leave it that Glenn is potentially most likely dead well here's the thing they've left it open-ended so that perhaps and it's a big perhaps but it's something that definitely could happen He's still alive, and he like crawled under uh, a yeah, car or yeah, something. Yeah, Have you heard I, that before? No, I, I heard. Yeah, I saw all the stuff um, on Facebook, and people would be like, "No, he can't be dead," or whatever. And, and honestly, I don't mind that they left it open like that, but they're leaving it open for multiple episodes, and that's kind of, um, it's kind of pissing people off now at this point because they're like, either show us what happened to him or don't. Don't pull a Carol's daughter and wait, you know, in season two until. They, you know, you don't care anymore. It's like, is she alive? Is she dead? I don't fucking give a shit anymore. Just get it over with. Um, it's the same thing with Glenn now. They've, like, extended it out. We're, like, you know, another three episodes out. We still don't know what happened because they're branching off in different areas and showing what happened at different See, I times. See, I think part of my problem with the show is its lack of attention, kind of. Yeah. Like... I can... I don't mind character backstory and stuff, but when it goes, like, okay, you got one episode focusing on... What's going on? And all of a sudden, they oh, we're gonna jump to like this character's backstory, you know? That's and exactly then, what and, they did. And then you know you get like three episodes of that, and yeah. then they then they jump back to like what was currently going on. Like, yeah. If you're not marathoning it, like to me, that would be just exhausting to watch week after week. Like, it's, yeah. Like if if you're gonna do it, I know it's kind of cliche, but it's kind of better to be more like more cliche about it. like like set up like the exposition of, of it like basically yeah. like you can have that throwback episode but have them like where they're in a situation to talk like say hey what's going on or, you know like what's your story or something like well then you can have like a flashback episode like that yeah instead of like you know them they're like oh we're about to be attacked you know by walkers and the city's about to be overrun then like the next two episodes are off exploring what the hell Carl's been doing like well, when he was three years old that's exactly what they did. Um, they did the Glenn episode, and then um, I- I'm pretty sure, my memory's hazy, and I'm not looking at the episode list, but I'm pretty sure that the next episode after that was a flashback to Morgan. Um, and he's, like, become, like, this uh, peaceful guy. Like, he doesn't want to kill anybody, he doesn't want to hurt anything. And then they do a flashback uh, with, um, like, with how he got to be that way before he met up with Rick and his group again. And, um, so that was, like, now we have Glenn, who's potentially dead, and we're gonna go back in time even further to this moment that, while important for character exposition, is questionable why it's coming at a time like this. And it's not important to the, right, over- exactly. the overarching story. Yeah. It's like they're toying with us on purpose. They just, they're just doing it on purpose, and people are getting, not only are they getting pissed See, about that, but the thing is, 
like you said, when you have a mid-season finale, they've built this entire concept for this part of the season, and it's extended out now for eight episodes. It probably, most likely, will be extended out for eight episodes about this just this one sequence of events because they have that mid-season finale where they got to make, you know, they got to have something, a cliffhanger that, you know... Is going to leave the audience, yeah, you know, wanting exactly. more. Exactly. And so now they've they've worked and they've extended this uh, this moment in time for so long that it's almost become like the farm again, where it's like, or why are you spending or, so much or the, time or, on or the prison, it? or the prison? You know, you know it seemed yeah. like, which looking back, I thought like those those were probably my two favorite seasons actually. But at the same time, you know, that's I that's not saying much. That's not yeah, it's yeah. not saying much because it it was. The farm, not as much, but like it felt like they spent eons in like yeah. the prison. Yeah. And the only reason I find that season so enjoyable is mainly because of the governor. Yeah. I like he he you know he. I loved the governor. If it, if he wasn't like the central villain of that arc, would have been fucking totally boring. Yeah. To, you know, you had like. Well, I can't remember what the, right now what her name Andrea. Andrea. It's like oh my god! Yeah, everybody was just tuning in to see when she would die. To be honest with you, I, I the best, the funniest part I had was like the one point in uh, the season when the governor's giving the speech and they flash to Andrea. And I, I was telling my friend like, pause it for a second. The way she was smiling, she looked exactly like Heath Ledger's Joker. I was like, <laughs> like she's like, what? I go, I'm like, look at her. She's like, what? I'm like, oh, I don't know how I got these cars. <laughs> it, to me, that was like hilarious. But other than that, like I, like I overall, I don't. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I mean, I will say that I like this season more so than uh, than I have previously. I think it's a, a fairly good season, and the first few episodes were really good. Um, and now that it's, like, become sort of, like, it's fallen into this pattern of switching off to the other characters and following them and not giving us really what we want to see and toying with us, basically. It's, it's the, becoming... It, it's the equivalent of anime filler. Well, and that's the thing is that it's it's basically you're watching Dragon Ball Z and you're watching like five episodes of them just powering up and to get to what people really want to see. When you think about what The Walking Dead is and what it does, um, it's almost all filler and it's almost all repeating itself now. I mean, it's repeating itself over and over again. We have another area where people feel comfortable for a little while, and and then so we get to we get to know more people. And eventually, they the end, some of them join the, the group. Let's say, but at the end, like most of those people you meet, it's like who the fuck cares? Yeah, like some of the people they bother to explain the story. It's who the hell cares? It's as I was joking with you, like Karen, like fucking Karen, I, and like season three, like you, like all of a sudden out of the blue in one episode, like Andrea's doing something. This one chick comes up to her, she's like, Andrea, what are you doing? Can't do that. And she's like, We gotta stick together, Karen. And then, like, that's it. That's it for her. Then, like, the next episode, she has one, one other line. Then one other line. And she hooks up with the black guy. And then Carol burns her. And then, like, the black guy's sad, crying over fucking Karen. And you ever, like... Karen! Was I the one sitting there going, like, who the hell is Karen? Like, why the fuck do they, do they even care? It's like the same thing with Daryl. Why do people love Daryl so much? He doesn't fucking do shit. Oh, he's got a crossbow. You know, whoop de doo Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I mean... We're they're setting I'm, more impre- us- I'm more impressed with Merle because he filmed the movie out on our lake. <laughs> yeah. They're setting us up again for another big villain that's basically going to be the governor. Probably. In in essence, the governor. I mean, Negan. It is, and they're. I mean, in, apparently, and I'm not. I don't know the comic series. I haven't read it. I have the compendium, the first one, but I haven't read it. 
Uh, apparently, Negan's arc is really cool. But at the same time, think about it in terms of what these people stand for and what the symbolism is and metaphor that's in The Walking Dead. It's completely the same. It, we've had five, six seasons that are completely, basically the same. We don't get anywhere. There's the same idea. And deep down, despite them changing uh, events or making things a little bit different, um, they all represent the same thing. So the prison See, and my, the farm. My point. My point thing. would be. My point would be like, hey, you like the farm arc season? Watch Night of the Living Dead. Hey, you like the prison? Watch Day of the yeah. Dead. You're, it's shorter. It's more you know to the point, and it's a lot more enjoyable. And I mean, I will say that I don't fault The Walking Dead so much that when it, you know it keeps repeating its same themes over and over again because that's a zombie thing, and there's. It's difficult to create something like a zombie film and make it long running and not repeat yourself. Because, and that's part of the reason why I have zombie burnout. I could care less if I see another zombie movie right now. I really don't give a crap. I, you know, I, for the most part, I've seen the zombie movies that I want to see. And well, I was gonna say too, like if you got to the point where instead of like you're recycling these things, like oh, we gotta kill them and all. And like, you know, like how we're going to do this. They're still human, blah, blah, blah. Once you get to the point where everyone, everyone's adjusted to the I'm situation, bored. then you get, to, it's basically you're at Land of the Dead now, where, well, where everyone's adjusted to it. And yeah, again, again, you can just watch Land of the Dead instead of like having to go through the motions of if watching. You can, if you can watch Land of the Dead. Well, that's besides, you know, that's besides, well, it has Dennis Hopper in it. Yeah. If it's got Dennis Hopper in it, it's worth watching. But that, I mean... Yeah. I, I don't know. I would, like, personally, for me, just play the damn Telltale games. Yeah. The, those are a hell... Free on PS4 right now is episode two. Uh, season two or they're just... Or season two, yep. Yeah, those, to me, like, those are great. That was great storytelling and yeah. character building. Um, That would be my, like, you know, if, if I would tell anyone, it's like, hey, you like The Walking Dead? Play the Telltale games. Yeah. It's a lot better, and you'll probably, by the end, you know, be like, a video game is a hell of a lot better at yeah. like, explaining certain themes and yeah than the show. But. I mean, I, like like I said, I'm I'm kind of on zombie burnout. Like if I didn't see if I didn't have to review another zombie movie ever again, I don't think I would be that upset. I mean, yes, there have been a couple that have come out that have been pretty good, but for the most part, I don't really find them to be that interesting anymore. They do the same things, and they, they you know, the only thing that you really have to look forward to is maybe some better gore effects or um, the way they do them. So, I mean, and I think partially to blame is The Walking Dead. It does the same thing over and over again. You watch it, you've seen this, you've seen it, you you know that, and then nothing is really going to change. There's no way for it to change, really. The one thing that really pisses me off is that, they, you know, they're constantly fighting walkers and they're constantly leaving walkers. And it's like, just fucking kill them. If you see a walker just standing around, just kill it. Why leave it? Just get rid of it. You know, because the more that you just knock out, you know, you're just doing yourself a favor in the long run. Yeah, it's so like, I haven't run, I mean? run into those situations where like, oh no, I'm surrounded now. You yeah, know? I'm surrounded. Or that, like, oh, that walker over there I saw two weeks ago, but I, instead of killing him because he wasn't shambling my way, you know. I, yeah, I left him and now he just ate Susie, <laughs> you know. I don't understand that part of it. It's like, they're always like, oh, just leave them. It's like, they're behind a fucking fence. Just stab their heads. You know what I mean? Just stab their heads. You, you, you're you fine with having a very small, like, uh, two-inch dagger that you use with your hand, like your hand's right next to their mouth and you're stabbing them. You're fine with that. 
But like, if there's a walker behind a fence, you're like, no, just leave it. Just leave it. It's like, just t- get rid Cause, of well, it. Well, because it's, it's TV drama. So if they, yeah. if they went to the fence, all of a sudden, you know, they get grabbed and like, oh, all yeah. of a sudden, like, they're dag- like, they dragged yeah. their, oh, no, I don't know what to do. You would have laughed on um, this most recent episode. There was uh, basically an unnamed survivor that they that Daryl encounters in the woods. And there was a big fire. And so there were two walkers that were trapped under, like, glass from the fire. They were, like, in, encased in glass because of, I don't know how it happened, but basically, you know... Fire and heat so, creates glass. Oh, apparently, whatever apparently, they're saying. The, yeah, apparently yeah. the fire is burning hot enough when they're standing. Yeah, it turned into glass. It turned into glass. Oh, okay. Whatever they, however they meant it to be. So she's like, they're going to bury them because they were her friends. I, I mean, this is zombie one hundred and one. Like, don't fucking bury somebody because what does it matter anymore? Like, they're not your friends anymore. And well, so again, again, especially after yeah. two plus years into the fucking zombie yeah. apocalypse, you. Yeah, right. How did she survive in the wilderness till then? But anyway, so she accidentally falls on them, and then they eat her. They break out of their glass. They wake up. They wake up, and they they she she gets eaten by them. You would have loved it. You would have been laughing. He's like, "Oh no, unnamed character we just met today." So sad. And she was diabetic. So that was like getting rid of a a, a problem anyway. Well, how the fuck did she survive to begin with? She had a thing of insulin. How is she constantly getting insulin? I don't know. Pharmacies. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, not, I'm just saying, like, if you're if you're somebody like that in like that kind of situation, you're yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. Like I would not want to be up. I would not want to be like a person who had like has to take like nitroglycerin pills for heart <laughs> for like, you know, heart problems or a diabetic or like, you know, somebody's got kidney issues and they have to be on diet. You're fucked. You would constantly have to be running back to, like, moving all the time to a new pharmacy everywhere. It's like, and pray that, yeah, that, is that it still has some insulin left and that it was refrigerated and, you know, that it was fuck you know. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like, generally, insulin needs to be refrigerated. So I, I, I don't know if most people would think about that kind of stuff, but that to me, like, that just, like, yeah. like how the fuck would you survive? You know? Yeah, really. That, I, mean, I mean, that'd be, would. like, the same with me. Like, if I, like, if my, if I... Lost like my glasses, or they got broke. I'd be fucked. You're done. I'm not. I just I, run I, into I, the. Yeah, I already know I'd be screwed because I, I, I'm like practically blind <laughs> without my glasses. So I have like no depth perception or anything. So I'm like, yeah, no, like, not, like you know, just give me a bullet. You'd be like, just shoot me, yeah, yeah. shoot me right in the head because yeah. I'm done. I'm, t- I'm toast. It, it, by that point, it'd be like you know a, a Spartan type society. It's like if you're in like you know Darwinism. If, if you're not like the fittest, yeah. You're done, uh, you know. And that's the only reason why, like, Rick's group survived the entire time, because, you know, they're basically a zombie SWAT team at this point. They, <laughs> yeah, you really. Know, they've been, you know, they're, apparently they're the only ones that have been wandering at Georgia the entire time, slaughtering walkers left and right. Everyone else has somehow been able to hold up somewhere, like, oh, this has been going on? I thought, I thought the Reagan administration was still running the country. We've just been having tea and crumpets. You know, it makes, me, it makes me think of, I think, some, like, Fallout 3 with President John Henry Eden. <laughs> Apparently, you know, still around the country. Yeah. Everything's okay. <laughs> good good uh, Malcolm McDowell reference right there. Well, we took up um, quite a bit of the first amount of the amount of time in this podcast talking about The Walking Dead, which we didn't even really plan on doing. No. But. It's a hot, might to- as- hot topic issue. We might as well do an interlude to talk about what we're drinking today for Blood and Black Rum. It's not black rum. Again. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Today we actually That's gonna be like the ongoing joke yeah. of like, yeah, it's like, like are they drinking are they drinking black rum today? <laughs> it would be an ongoing joke if people listen, but I don't <laughs> I don't think they're listening though. I don't know if there's a joke to be told. But um today we actually um Martin uh probably like what was it, like a week or two ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh he went out to the liquor store and he picked up um the the new it's a new another like brew batch of um that genesee brewing company is making and this is um genesee salted caramel chocolate porter and perfect for the season it really is it's perfect it's fucking like 30 degrees out here right now in upstate new york it's it's actually pretty it's been pretty cold today it's and the weather's been just fucky you know that's the best i can describe it is fucky because it's been like 50 degrees saturday it snowed rained sun Little bit warm, rained again, little flurry. Yeah. It's it's been like all I, over the place. That like, you know, threw me for a loop when I was like coming in out of work. I'm like, it's like, because I get on first break on Saturday, I came out, I'm like, there's snow on my car. I'm like, yeah. What, like, what the fuck happened? Then yeah, like, I come out for lunch, it's raining now. Then I come out like, you know, at night, it's, you know, sun's out. And yeah, it's been all over the place. It's so weird. Like, yesterday was probably like 60 degrees, I think. Yeah, it was but nice it out. It was really yesterday. nice out. Um, today now, like when I, nine o'clock in the morning, it was 29 degrees. So you never know what it's going to be, but for today, the salted caramel chocolate porter is really good. Uh, obviously we're not drinking it cold because that's weird. It would just be <laughs> weird to drink it cold. It's more of a, it's like a dessert beer sort of. And, um, it's. You know, it's one of the, it's an experimental one. Like Jenny would never make something like this normally. They wouldn't just you know come out with that. Well, I think that's one of the nice things about their um, their brew house uh, series is which, for those of you who don't know, Genesee is a brewery based in Rochester, New York. It's actually New York's biggest brewery and our oldest brewery. Yep. Um, mainly they're known for kind of cheap beers. Yep. Uh, Jenny, Jenny Light. You're like a uh, Jenny Cream Ale. There are basically like a Paps sort of a Paps um, Utica Club. Utica, yeah, if you Utica, know it, yeah. I mean, well, if you U- know, yeah. Um, a Schlitz, uh, yeah. Old Milwaukee, but it's like a New York area. I do know they actually ship out to a lot of different states, but I know there's like some states out there. Like I think Louisiana doesn't get it for some reason, but Florida does. Mm. Um, but they make uh pretty cheap uh, b- beer. Which, for the most part, it's actually my go-to cheap beer, especially their cream ale. They're one of the few breweries, really one of their few breweries in uh, the United States that makes a cream ale, which is kind of odd because cream ale is one of the few uh, stand, uh, traditional U.S. only brews that you know it was invented in the United States. But they also have like a craft beer line called Dundee. But they recently, about two years ago, they opened up a restaurant called the Brew House that's attached to their. Uh, their brewery, and they've been doing experimental batches now, and some of them that they've released is their Scotch Ale and their Imperial Black IPA, and now their Salted Caramel Chocolate Porter just came out for the winter season, and they teamed up with a local chocolate place in Rochester, Hedonist, and they used their Salted Caramel to make the, in parts of the beer, to give it that caramel flavor. It's really good, and you definitely can get... All of the notes, like we make fun of people sometimes who are like, "Oh, I taste fig in this," or you know, all I, spice all, and plum. Yeah, and yeah, we make fun of those people most of the time. But for for this one, it, you definitely get 
the caramel and the chocolate. Caramel at front. Yeah, at the front. They're like two different areas of the taste bud. And then the saltiness does come through as well. It's hard to kind of describe how it is, but the overall like flavoring is like very is like salty and you know, then you get the caramel. You get, and then like the chocolate and the malts at the back end. It's pretty one, light on alcohol too. It's yeah, it's, it is. it's like um I think either six or seven percent alcohol. Yeah, and it's very light on it. It's a very for you know for being a heavy beer. It's yeah. actually, it's very drinkable and very delicious. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the Scotch ale had a definite heavier alcohol taste to it than this one. You mean the Black Imperial? Or yeah, I mean the Imperial. You haven't tried yeah, the Scotch. I tried ale. Scotch. The Imperial had a heavy, way heavier uh, alcohol taste to it. Well, even though for this. an Imperial IPA, it was pretty weak on the alcohol yeah, side. It was, but. If you find this beer around where you live, pick it up. I say pick it up. It's, it's a, a four pack. It's a four pack, but it's only nine ninety nine. Yeah, and it's fantastic. It it's really one. Is. It's one of the best porters I've had in a long time. It's a really good one. And I've been craving porters and Scotch ales and wee heavies and all that right now. Anyway, yeah, the, so. I, the problem is around here we can't really find like wee heavies and Scotch. You know, I actually just had one um, at uh, um, uh, World of Beer. I had a Scotch slash wee heavy. Um, it was really good. I wish I could find around here that uh, Founders ESB we had that one night at the... Yeah, you ha- you have to really look for that. I don't know. We'll have to go to Albany and go back to that that place. Well, I've been saying that forever, but... It's a great place. Maybe we'll go for your birthday. Uh, well, yeah, that's been <laughs> come and gone. I know. But, um, yeah, so check it out. It's definitely yeah, a good beer. And, and Jenny does have a bad rap as a cheap beer, and if... You're looking for a cheap, you know, good drink? Yeah. I say try it. It's a hell of a lot better than Bush. I mean, definitely. It's a hell of a lot better than Paps, in my opinion. Well, I mean, if you like Paps, then you're going to like Jenny. But, uh, yeah, they're slightly different. Well, no, I no, no, they are. I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah. as a, like a low-end beer, especially around here. Yeah, you don't have to be scared to try it. Um, just don't get Jenny Light. Well, yeah, Jenny, Jenny Light's a, the worst light beer I've ever had in my life. But. <laughs> But Jenny, Jenny regular and Jenny cream, especially the cream ale. The cream ale's the best. Yeah, that really is. The fife and drum's good too. You can't get that anymore. Though. No, they, they only, only had that. They only made that, They only made that that one year. Yeah. But um, well, some places still had it, <laughs> dust covered, <laughs> out of code. <laughs> probably the same with that summer brew. Yeah, hints, probably. I bet hints, you if you stop down to Napes, they've still got it. T- taste of hints of summer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely check it out. I get upset when I go to the, like some of the stores and I buy like you know twelve or thirty pack of Jenny, and or Jenny Cream Ale and like I have people like really buying Jenny. It's like you check out people here that run here to buy Bush and Camo packs for hunting season, <laughs> and I'm like, there's no difference between like this is better, this is a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Um, we also have the Saranac. Oktoberfest and Darktoberfest that you picked up. Yep. Um, that's in. I didn't know this at the time during the, the fall season. Uh, I got a fall pack, and I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin ale, so like I kind of had an overload of pumpkin ales at that time because I would always save them up and not really drink them. Um, they do make the Saranac Darktoberfest and Oktoberfest pack by themselves, and you so do you get, get twelve. Pack. And you do get six of each. You get six and six instead of like you know eight or four, eight and four, yeah, or whatever. So they. Great steal if you love Oktoberfest. The Darktoberfest is phenomenal. It's really good. I love that one. It's, so, my, sec- it's my second favorite Oktoberfest. Yeah. Behind Sam. I think Sam's is Oktoberfest is still the... Yeah. 
top notch. So, if you ever are in the area, you see Saranac, pick up that Darktoberfest pack because that's that's a really good one. Um, before we move into the the main part of our show uh, for Ash vs Evil Dead, I did want to take a moment to just kind of touch on the Paris terrorist attacks, um, which did happen over the weekend. Um, I thought it'd be good to just kind of give a moment of silence for that. So we wanted to um, just, uh, you know, put that out there, say what a, a horrible thing it was. Um, really, we, we all stand together with that. Um, if you are, you know, if you happen to go on your Facebook page, try to stay away from anybody that posts anything about, anything stupid about it, because there have I, been some... Either side. Depend, yeah. No matter, not to get political here, but just because I've actually kind of stayed away completely from following the situation because I, I've i had enough of listening to people talk politics on Facebook because that just yeah, gives me a brain ache. Yeah, it really it? does. And it can definitely be just a freaking hateful place on there. Um, like to the, the people who say, you know, bomb the hell out of them or shoot them, shut the hell up. To those who say don't do anything, shut the hell up. Just... <laughs> yeah, it's really... It's a really touchy subject, but the thing that really gets on my nerves is just the people that are just super racist, like overtly racist. Um, well, that'd be most people around here. Yeah, I know. And that's what we, we've seen for the most part on Facebook. I've had to unfollow some people, uh, just just the way they go. So um, without getting really political, we just wanted to, uh, you know, say, um, give basically give our, our grievances and... and um, Best wishes to uh, Paris and and uh, everywhere else that is being affected by terrorism and any sort of attack on uh, innocent people. So, um, with that said, um, we'll move on to Ash vs. Evil Dead and revel in the, the gory goodness of it. Um, it is kind of a mindless self-indulgence. Um, what a great, which, a great self-indulgence. Which people, I think, desperately needed. So, um, back... Because we're we're working here on kind of a late schedule. Um, back in October, on October 31st, Halloween, which was a great time. It was awesome. I love Halloween. Uh, I wish we were back there. Um, on October <laughs> I don't because I was working that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead premiered. Uh, it was a, a big time for everybody. I think everybody was really excited to see that um, hit the airwaves. Uh, it got a 45-minute premiere. Which um, doesn't really seem odd when you first think about it, because normally you think of scripted dramatic drama of um, TV shows as gonna is about an hour, uh, you know, give or take, based on whether they're on um, cable television or premium cable like HBO. Um, so or stars or stars, yeah, or stars. <laughs> so uh, fifteen dollar stars. Um, so. I got a 45-minute premiere, which was actually extended for the show because it is just a half an hour, um, a half an hour show uh, that I, I didn't realize at the time. Neither um, did I. When I first, you know, you started. Usually, when you think, you know, like yeah, you said, a, pr a premium, a scripted show like a drama show or an action show, you're thinking an hour. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, generally comedies are the ones that are given the half an hour slot, and so um, we got a 45-minute premiere. Um, to, I guess, 
great reviews. I mean, we were looking at the IMDb page, and right now which, it's got which, a, which, is a, which is not the best source for reviews. No, it's but. not a uh, you know, it's not a good indication of like whether you'll like a movie or not. People give sh- shit reviews for no reason. They just and, pop a and pop a star rating on there, or you know, great reviews or to shit. Yeah. So, but it has a nine point two rating right now on IMDb, and I think you know Rotten Tomatoes and the other aggregate sites would basically agree with that. Um, probably Metacritic as well. I, I think that it's really up there uh, based on what I've seen from reviewer feedback. Not that that again makes any difference to me at all. I, I, I don't, you know, I am a reviewer myself, so I don't really tend to take stock in other people's reviews. I like to do it myself and I really, you should see, you, you should, should do it. You should, your, yeah. you should see reviews as kind of a guideline. Like, yeah, you look, should like see like, you know, if, if their taste kind of like aligned with yours, they might, mm-hmm. you know, you know, use it as like, like I said, like a guideline, yeah. not don't let it be like an end all be all. Yeah, I you agree. See, you do see something that sometimes, like especially like game reviews. Yeah, like if like you know people probably still bitching that Fallout Four like on most places got like a nine because they're like it's a ten. Yeah, it should be a ten. You know, it's like I don't know. Only if it came with the Nuka Cola Quantum. Oh fuck that! Don't even get me started. On I know that. we didn't even touch on that, but maybe we will after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you should definitely give reviews just a a, a a quick once over. You know, if you feel like you really align with this person, like the Moon is Dead World on that, for instance, I mean, you probably will align very pretty closely with with that guy's <laughs> review style. So you should definitely check that place out. But. Um, <laughs> Um, um, you, you know, <coughs> take it with a grain of salt. But anyway, um, to get back to Ash vs. Evil Dead, uh, it had some really great reviews. And so uh, it, I don't really think anybody needed that extra push to check it out, but it didn't, it didn't hurt either. It has fucking Bruce Campbell in it. What, yeah. more, what more do you need? So does Fargo. So does the new season of Fargo. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, he's in that as well. So another show that you need to check out. I've been, have well, it. I know. I've been meaning to because I love uh, the movie Fargo. Yeah. It's, you know, great Coen Brothers film, but. I want. Does he does he have a nice uh, North Dakota accent? Honestly, I haven't seen him in it yet because I'm like a few episodes behind. Because that'd be hilarious. Hilarious watching him like, oh gee, oh god, you know? oh gee. Which I hear like in the first season, Billy Bob Thornton's awesome in it. He is. He is. You know, I mean, like, 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 oh, oh lord, you know, oh boy, he's awesome. Drop my nitroglycerin pills. <laughs> you gotta check that out. But yeah, so it has Bruce Campbell in it. So and it has you know. It has the backing of Sam and Ivan Ramey, and that's really another thing that you you just have to you have to notice that that's the case, and it's not some other guy taking it over. It, you know, it's Sam and Ivan Ramey, the the masterminds behind the original films, and so that right there should tell you all you need to know about whether you should look into it or not. Um, it's not a remake it's you know it's not a reboot of the saga it's a new series finding ash um like 30 years later um which it kind of seems like which i think this might have to do with like legal reasons but it almost seems like they're not mentioning army of darkness at all it is which i know which i know it's because like they can't but at the same time it's i would say well it's odd but it's Heavily influenced by Army of Darkness. Well, yeah, I think it's the best way to kind of surmise the show so far from episodes in. It's like the perfect amalgamation of Army of Darkness and like the original Evil Dead. Yeah, because Ash in this show is Ash from Army of Darkness. Yeah, one hundred percent boneheaded idiot, full of himself, 
total douchebag asshole. Yeah, politically incorrect yeah. guy. And it's got like the same comedy from Army of Darkness, which is it does. H- hilarious. I, but at the same time, it has the same horror moments and like when it comes to like down to like the horror like aspect of it, it feels perfectly like, you know, Evil Dead 1 and 2. Yeah. Which is the what I was thinking the entire time. Which, by the way, we're going to go through this, you know, all three episodes, you know, one at a time. So, we'll kind of delve deeper into each episode. But that's how I feel like this TV show is. It's like the perfect mix of the comedy and wackiness of Army of Darkness, but also that great horror visual style of the first two Evil Deads. Yeah, I do think that there is a, there's definitely a a, um, rights issue to it. They definitely, they can't mention Evil Dead 2. That one's out. So you notice that they didn't really they didn't really mention Evil Dead 2. In the first episode, El Jefe, they do a recap of Evil Dead 1. Um, which we just yeah, which yeah, right, is like all they but did. I'm pretty sure that there there's a there's a um, a rights issue to the others that they are not allowed to mention them. Um, so with that said, um, I mean let's just jump right into El Jefe. Um, well like, oh, like I said though, which it does seem weird because it's supposed to take place 30 years after Evil Dead, but in this Ash seems to have the same knowledge and experiences of Ash from Evil Dead 2 and 3. Yeah. Yet he can't mention it, so it's kind of, you know. Yeah. In which, at the, at the same time, when you think of, like, the ending to Army of Darkness, it's kind of like, well, how the hell, you know, especially if you follow the, the, the director's cut. The director's cut. It's like, how the hell did he get back to yeah. his own time or whatever, or, you know. Or what happened to Safe Mart? Yeah. Did they, did they go the way of Kmart? Yeah, that's why they can't <laughs> mention that, that same name either. Another <laughs> another rights issue there. So they had to change the name of the, the uh, new supermarket that he works The new mark that he works at. Um, Which looked like a, a fucking radio show. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> well, I want to start out by saying that El Jefe is a really strong premiere. I think that it's... Hooks you in. Yeah, it really does. Uh, not only from, like, the first, you know, um, rock song that, you know, is underlying the uh, the events that happened right at the beginning of the, the uh, episode, um, but it's just the way that we kind of feel at home with the writing style, with Sam and Ivan Ramey's writing style, who did write the first episode and, and um, a few, yeah, and directed and, and did a few of the other episodes as well. I think we just feel right at home with the material. There's just like something, even though it's 30 years later from the first Evil Dead, there's still, you know, I, it, part of it's the recognition that Ash is still the same person. He's still, you know, he's still the same guy that's from Army of Darkness. Uh, and that's that's kind of helpful coming into the uh, the uh, episode. But there's there's more to it than that. We're just like, I don't know, I just feel like in general we've, stepped right back into that era of, of in that style that Sam Raimi did in Evil Dead. Yeah. And I, I, it's not, it's awesome kind of like, you know, I mean, it's sad to say, but it's awesome at the same time to see like it's 30 years, Ash is still the same, but not only that, he's, he's poor as shit. Yeah. He lives in a trailer. Yeah. You know, his life's basically in the shitter, but for him, it's all, everything's yeah, still, you know. Everything's good. Well, that's the way he likes it, kind yeah. of. Like, he doesn't, He's not really interested in having like a ex- an extravagant lifestyle. He's more interested in, you know, the the adventure of it all 
And so that's really, and part of it too is that he just doesn't have that ambition. He's well, yeah, and and he's also you know he basically is kind of like that person who's trapped in the past because yeah. he's, he's still that Oldsmobile's still kicking. Yeah, he's still got his Oldsmobile still driving around. Oldsmobile. You know, still got the same shitty job. But I, I like because like this is on like a premium cable network like stars. You get the, like they get kind of take that absurdness of him being you know out there even further. So the way basically this whole the evil dead comes back, how the deadites come back. That to me when they revealed that hilarious. Like I was dying laughing. I thought it was hilarious how the deadites came back. Yeah, man, that he just accidentally got. Yeah, he got high and, with, yeah. a, with a whore, and the, she's like, "Oh, do you know poetry?" He's like. And he's just high, he's looking around like, I don't know any French shit, but I got something for you. And he takes the Necronomicon out and reads a line from it. And boom, there's your premise. Yeah, that was great because you just, you don't need the full, like there doesn't have to be a ridiculous backstory to why this happens. Um, there isn't in any of the Evil Deads, really. There's nothing there that's extravagant and brings us, you know, a, like a long exposition about why the demons happen. It almost is simplistic because evil is simplistic. It's just, it's either there or not. You, you let it in or you don't. And so for Ash versus the Evil Dead, that's Ash being an idiot. Yeah. And that's why it happens again. And it's like, you know, it makes, it, it's supposed to make one thing. It's like, wow, this is the guy that's protecting us, you know, protecting yeah. the world. You know, it's it's just I I think that's a that was a great approach, not having a very long lead up to why this happened. It's, it's just yeah, it just, just is. It's just him. You know, he, yeah, he just messed up again because it's great because he like and like to show kind of his character too, like especially like how kind of deranged and like full full of himself is before that even happens when he goes to the bar. Yeah, ten minutes before he closes, <laughs> the bartender's like, "It's closed." He's like. Yeah, I know. We're closing. You're closing. Give me two Moscow mules. And there's one chick at the bar. He's like, give me two of whatever the hell she's drinking. <laughs> and then she's like, you know, she has no interest in him and whatnot. He's like breaking out his wooden hand. He's like, yeah, you know, it's been 30 years since I lost my hand. And she's like, you know, she doesn't give a shit. And he's like, I saved the child. Obvious lie. But he's doing it just so he can, you know, pick up chicks like that. Yeah. And then you see him like fucking her in the bathroom. And just like the how that whole scene plays out is freaking hilarious. Yeah. Like, I was, I was dying laughing when I saw that, like... Yeah, it's... I I, I was very impressed with how they, they really pulled us in right at the beginning. And then from there, they actually got characters that were memorable right away. You know, I... You know, both of the characters, really, that are, are, are accompanying him um, are, are people that you you are easy to root, root for. We have Pablo and, and Kelly, and... They both have distinctive personalities right away that are, you know, in, I think important to the overall plot. You have Pablo, who's kind of like the the nerdy, quiet. Yeah, he kind of, wants to look up to. He looks up to Ash, but Ash, you know, is having none of that shit. Yeah, and you have like, um, you know, he's kind of a, an optimi more optimistic person than what we're getting from both Ash, and, Ash Kelly. and Kelly. Like Kelly's kind of. Like, um, like the, uh, the downer of the group, you know, she's the Daria. Yeah. The Daria or, um, you know, um, what's her name from Parks and Rec? Um, oh, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, really <laughs> that's like, 
I think both of those identities in the initial episode are help to hook us too. I mean, I think they really are well characterized for the amount of time that they get in the first 45 minutes. Um, not only that, but we get to see a lot of deadites in that first 45 minutes. Yep. A um, lot of action. A lot of action. Um, it really, it, I mean, it doesn't let up in that first episode at all. Um, you get a little bit of exposition from Pablo and you get to kind of see what Ash's life like is like now, but there's always those little interludes with deadites or things that he's seeing. Um, the traditional, you know, camera yeah. moving through the woods. Yeah. You know, very prevalent. I, de- I, I would definitely say compared to the other two episodes, which we'll talk, obviously going to talk about later. Yeah. You can obviously tell this one's directed by Sam. Yeah. You can just by the overall tone and the feel and how it is, you can tell he was heavily involved in it because it, yeah, this one definitely feels the most like evil dead. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, which I will say too, uh, Pablo is, you know, he is funny. Um, I loved the interaction between uh, Ash and Kelly in the beginning because Pablo introduces Ash to Kelly. He's like, oh, that's my upstairs roommate. I just got her a job. And Ash sees her and he's like, holy shit, she's hot. You know, I'm going to go hit on her. And he goes to hit on her and she's having none of it. He's like, yo, come on. You, you know, you look at me and you you know you want some of this. She's like, yeah, not in your life. The and, thought will cross your mind. And he's like, yo, you know, you know it'll come to you. Don't yeah. worry. Like I said, it's like that's totally Ash from Army of Darkness, and it's just hilarious. Like Bruce is perfect at, and there's great slapstick in in this too. Like I love the part when like his boss is yelling at him. He's like, you know, take those light bulbs to the back and don't break them. Yeah, he's like, yeah, and then he goes to pick them up and then just drops them off. He drops every single bulb, (laughs) and then he's like, oh shit, I'm gonna get in trouble. So what's he do? He starts sweeping him, but what's he do? He sweeps it under like a pallet so he doesn't get like in trouble. And Pablo's like, I'm gonna put a garbage for you so you can put it in there. He's like, oh whatever, (laughs) you know. And then like the fight with the doll. Oh, yeah. That was very reminiscent of Army of Darkness. Oh, like yeah. When he was that was definitely an Army of Darkness one, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is definitely engaging. Um, I, I will say, I think, overall, the best part of the episode is when the two state troopers were investigating the house and the disturbance. Oh, yes. That, to me, was actually... Pretty creepy and yeah, terrifying. Yeah, Evil Dead moment. Yeah, yeah, it was very... Yeah, and that's where I say like it's like the perfect callback to the original Evil Dead. Yeah. It's, it was creepy. It was suspenseful. The effects in it was great. Like, how they set everything up that happened in there. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And it, like, gave... It, it showed... It did horror better than what most horror films and shows today are even capable of. It's, like, not even a close contest. Yeah, I agree. And I... Although I, I think that the detective part of the show is the weakest, you know, including Amanda as, the, as like, a side character, I think is the weakest part in the first three episodes that we've seen so far. Um, I did think that part of, it, of El Jefe was really good, really well done. I, part of that, too, is that they were able to recreate the makeup effects for the Deadites so well. The practical effects in this show are great. Yeah, the, where I, I where I would say, and I did write down where the effects slump is when they anytime they use the CGI bits, mm-hmm. it's so obvious and mm-hmm. so cheap looking. It does detract yeah. a little bit, but when they do their practical effects, 
It's great. Yeah, it the practical fantastic. effects are, are perfect. Um, so, I mean, I really, honestly, I just had great things to say about the first episode. Just, I couldn't get over both the interaction with the three character, the three main characters that we get right away. Um, Ash feeling just right at home in the in the series. Um, just basically like he hasn't changed a bit from Army of Darkness, and. Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi just really stepping up to the plate and coming up with another, um, you know, another idea for the Evil Dead franchise that they can work off of for this, at least this season. I don't know in subsequent seasons if it will be the same or if they're going to change things around a lot. Um, but for this season, at least, very, very exciting stuff to see. Um... I think we'll move on to um, to episode two, bait, um, where we kind of are getting into a, more of a plot arc to it. I would say. I mean, there's there's definitely more to it now. In, in the first episode, there was um, a lot of just figuring out that yep, the evil's back, um, and then from there, two episode two, and then primarily three are setting the the arc up for this season of like, how are they going to, yeah, you? how are they going to do it? Um, for episode two bait, that's not, so, it's not so much the case that it's moving the plot forward as it's kind of a lateral move. Um, it's now pulling Kelly into the, the Scooby gang basically of, of figuring out, yep, yeah, this is, you know, this is really happening. Uh, it's not something that we can just ignore now, you know, the world's in danger because of an idiot like Ash. Um, so, I mean, this one is, is all about the dinner party. It's, it's all about um, Kelly returning to her home uh, with, her, with her dad. And um, her mom is actually back from the dead, basically. Because is, is, they, thought she, they was, thought she was dead. Yeah. Um, and she, it's played by um, uh, Mimi Rogers, who uh, does a great job in this, in this role. Um, definitely, uh, I guess bringing it into like B movie territory, really, really hamming it up here. And I mean, she's no stranger to that. She's done like tales from the crypt and stuff like that. So definitely no stranger to hamming it up in a cheesy, you know, B movie way. Uh, but right here, she really kills it. Um, as Kelly's mom, um, basically I, I, what I love about bait so much is that, um, they really play it up as like, they don't expect the viewer to, find it realistic, but that's not really the point anyway. It's like the, the humor of it all is that it doesn't make sense at all that Kelly's mom can be back because of some fluke that she just <laughs> like didn't die and she was oh, just, she just been wandering yeah, around. Oh, she just had amnesia. She wasn't dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, you know, it's, it's really exaggerating Kelly's inability to accept the fact that she's dead, she's dead and that the evil is, which is her. which is funny because the whole plot of the episode is Pablo and Kelly telling Bruce uh, and Ash he's an asshole and he needs to you know stop being so paranoid and all yeah. this and Ash is like I've been living this shit for thirty years I you know don't worry I know a deadite when I see a deadite and so the whole point of the dinner party is Ash you know just trying to figure out whether or not you know he's well not figure out he knows she's a deadite yeah. but he's you know. He's trying to, you know, show and convince the other two that she's a deadite. And one of the great lines throughout it is because Pablo is attracted to Kelly. 
And Pablo's trying to, you know, make a move on her. He's like, I want to impress her parents, man. You know, don't be ruin this for me. Don't be rude. And he's like, I won't be rude. He, he's like, he's like, I'll be nice until I'm rude. <laughs> Which, know. you know, it's, it's just, you know, hilarious. You know, who the hell would say that? Just Ash. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a good mo- moment. I mean, really, most of Bait is taken up by that dinner party sequence, but... It's really about both Bruce Campbell and Mimi Rogers just going back and forth with each other. Yeah, the, the dialogue the, between the, the two. The dialogue and Ash just acting to, like, a person who obviously w- didn't know that there was evil. Just acting ridiculous. Just totally out of, you know, out of control. A ridiculous person. Um, like, they're sitting down and he's got a shotgun saw on his back. And she's like, you can put the gun down. That's okay. He's like, he's like no, I'm not going to put the gun down. You may put the gun down. But I don't put the gun down. It's like, well, I think you should put the gun down, yeah. you know. And, I mean, and just like, you know, he's like, oh, you have amnesia. What was your job, you know? What, what you know, what'd you do before that? Oh, you quick to remember that. How do you remember that so quickly? You know, just like the, the back and forth, like, dialogue between yeah. the two. Like, you know, him trying to catch her in a lie is really good. There's a, there's an inevitability to the dinner party that most likely Ash is going to be right. She's going to be a deadite. But that doesn't feel like a flaw in the in the episode. Like, it doesn't matter that we know that that's going to be the case. It's the lead-up to it that's so much fun. And I, that's what makes the difference in this one. And some of the foreshadowing, yeah, too. Like, yeah. him talking to Pablo. Like, because before, when they're going trying to track down Kelly, uh, they get in a tussle in Ash's car... With her old boss, who's now a dead eye, and Ash is fighting him and whatnot. And afterwards, uh, you know, during the fight, Pablo's like, "How am I gonna know to fight back?" And Ash's like, "Oh, as soon as you get hit in the face, you'll you'll know. It'll come right to you." Yeah. And Pablo gets hit in the face. He's like, "I don't know what to do." <laughs> you know, and it's just again, the humor is spot on. Like yeah. it's like it's perfect. And that, like, that whole, like, you know, it seems like something, you know, small, but that leads to the dinner party and, like, how that concludes, which is, you know, like, a nice little connection there. Um, And again, like, to go, like, on the humor bit, like, another whole, to me, one of the the funniest part of the whole episode is when, after the whole fight in the car, you know, they're covered in blood, like, a ridiculous amount of blood, too. And you see... You know, Ash is driving his Oldsmobile with Pablo next to him, and Ash is cleaning the blood off his face with, like, a towel. And Pablo's like, hey, do you got a towel for me to clean off? And Ash is like, oh, yeah. And he grabs a little moist towel out, he's like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. You know. Or he feeds his, the brain to his lizard. Yeah. <laughs> the piece of brain to his lizard. Just just stuff like that. It's just to- stuff that yeah. Ash would do. Just totally stuff that Ash does. And I think that they really hit upon that within the series itself, but... I mean, each episode has those moments where you're just like, yep, this is, I'm watching oh, yeah. another Evil Dead. I really feel like I'm watching another Evil Dead. And it's a, I mean, for the, for fans who love the, the series, this is just. Especially like, like Army of Darkness. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think that this is just a great show for them. It's just something that we never thought would, we would see, you know, coming back. And, you know, unlike a lot of the other shows that try to recreate you know if they're returning to this world years later trying to recreate it um, most of them are unsuccessful um but this one really just fits right into place um um anything else you want to add about bait 
before we move on to the, the third episode, yeah. I, I, I can't really think of anything else. Um, because, like I said, it was more of a lateral episode. I will, I will say I, I didn't enjoy it as no way near as much as the first one. It yeah. was a lot slower paced. Yeah. But it does, at the end, have really good at, and actions, great action sequence in it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just, again, like, Bruce Campbell being Ash, just him taking it to, like, the next level of kind of ridiculousness and campiness. It's It should come off as, like, he's such an annoying asshole that you should not like. Yeah. And you should not be rooting for, but it, you are. And I think, to me, that... No matter who they're kind of going to introduce throughout the series, it's going to be the Bruce Campbell show and him yeah. totally carrying what's going on. And again, it wasn't as enjoyable as the first episode, but the first episode's a pretty hard, you know, yeah, pretty hard at the top. Hard at the top. And I thought, you know, it's slower. It slows down. You know, and the same thing we're going to say. I'm going to say about the third episode. It does slow down the pace a bit, but you know, we're just in the beginning of them trying to build an overarching arc so yeah um <clears throat> books from beyond has been getting the worst reviews i think um you know people generally liked episodes one and two but from what i've seen um episode three they kind of felt was a downward slump um which for me is not the case i thought it was actually a pretty good episode still um i felt like it was combining you know something like the Evil Dead with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, there's kind of that idea that there's a monster of the week in this one. Um, in this case, it's summoned by Ash himself because he thinks that it's, you know... It's <laughs> the, the, the idea to beat the dead, the evil is like, well, we can't really figure out how the book works or whatever. I'll just summon a monster. And like a small one. Yeah. We'll summon a small a wimpy monster. one. We'll get wimpy, a wimpy monster. Um, which is great. I mean, that's that's another Ash moment. It's like, he doesn't know what to do, so, you know, let's summon something that could be worse. You know? <laughs> he has a great analogy. Like, he's telling Pablo, he's like, well, it's, you know, Pablo's like, is this, you sure it's a good? He's like, well, it's like getting paint on a painting. It's already got paint yeah, on it. He's it's like, like, you know, I can't make things any worse. Or like, you know, and Pablo's like, that not, is incorrect. That is not even close. That is incorrect. Um, yeah, that's a, that was a great moment. <laughs> I think that, that was, that Pablo delivery was really good. Um, but I will say that, you know, Books from Beyond, it, it is setting up the arc, I think, more so. Um, there's the idea that... You get to see Lucy Lawless. You get to see Lucy Lawless more. Um, she's also hamming it up. Quite the, a bit. little screen time that she had. Yeah. You don't but she looks lot, totally but... unrecognizable from her Xenia days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does. She looks a lot different. But, I mean, um, so we get a little bit more of that. Obviously, she's going to be something later on in the series. Um, the same is true of Amanda, who comes into play a little bit more. Now she's actually coming into contact with the three other people with Ash. Uh, with, I'm sorry, the two other people with Ash. Um, so they're all coming into contact with each other now, and so that's kind of cementing the, the relationship as well. Um, and at the same time, we kind of get a little bit of backstory on the ne Necronomicon, um, what it is and how it was created. Um which I actually I liked quite a bit just to see kind of the backstory behind it. There wasn't it wasn't you know very um, in depth, but at the same time it kind of gave us just a little bit to look at for the Necronomicon, which I did like a lot. If you're not like you know familiar with the series, you know you'd be able to yeah, be able to pick up from there. 
Um, I, I, you know, I also liked um, the bookstore clerk. I, I thought that he was really funny. I mean, being a person that was so entranced by the Necronomicon that he really didn't have, you know, he he continues to like flip through the pages while Ash is like, okay, let's get the show on the road. Um, that you know, I I really like that a lot. I think the humor was. Um, not as apparent in this episode. I think they kind of, they left that out in favor of the action sequences towards the end of the episode. I I think for me, the funniest line was, uh, when they're sitting in the car before they go into the bookstore, um, Ash goes to Pablo, he's like, yeah, when this is all done, you know, hey, you know, the group may be breaking up, but we'll get us some churros. Yeah. He's like, it's not a racist thing because you're Mexican, just churros are a delicious dessert. And Pablo's like, you know I'm not Mexican, right? He's like, yeah, yeah whatever. And he's, yeah, he's like, that's the spirit. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good as well. Uh, that's another good one. Because <laughs> that, that's, you know, again, that's Ash being kind of like the asshole that you really shouldn't like. That would be like someone that you would unfollow from Facebook <laughs> saying, you know, it's not Mexican because you're, you know, or it's not it's racist because you're, you know. you're Mexican. It's just a delicious dessert. Yeah. Um. So that's like that's you know that again that's that's another great one, um, you know I thought Books from Beyond was still a a pretty good episode and um, I I actually liked the demon that we got in it. Oh, I did too. I yeah. thought the whole part when because uh, the whole point of like uh, summoning the demon in the episode is they have to like draw a summon circle and the demon with salt, ca- with salt yeah. yeah. And the demon can get summoned, but if, you know, if, as long as you don't break that circle, you know, the demon's trapped in there. Yep. And then when the, you know, by accident, when the demon does break out, the whole fight between him and Ash and Pablo is really well done. I loved, like, the effect that they had going on with the, kind of like the shaky cam and, like, the, the like, screen kind of seeming, you know, like it was, like, being... Blurring. Blurring, yeah. yeah. It was... Really good. Yeah, and, I like that as well. Um, and I'm with you too. I would say the weakest point of this episode and the rest of them is Amanda, the state trooper, because yeah. it kind of seems like she's already seen and seen, you know, the evil, you know, the evil and whatnot. But yet she's still acting as like that straight cop who's trying to do things by the book, even though she's not supposed to, because she's, you know, she's not even on the case. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but she, you know, she's determined and. Even after seeing everything that she should, she should know by now, like, this isn't Ash's fault, you know, this is just some weird shit going on. But no, she's got to be that kind of stereotypical straight-laced cop. Yeah. Which is, you know. Yeah, I think that that is the weakest part so far, so far of what we've seen. I think it'll probably even out as we get farther into the series and and the, get towards the the end part of this 10-episode season. Um, With that said, I mean... Where do you think that they're going from here? Do you think that it's going to be like um, a, a season that wraps itself up by the end? Do you think they're going to get rid of the evil by the end of season one um, and move into other territory next season? Or I think it all—I mean, it all depends kind of on the success of the show. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know how far they've written it out. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I can almost—I mean—imagine if the show was successful, they could. Not necessarily tie it up, but they could have it like, oh, it seems like they won, but, you know, yeah. somehow Ash fucks it up again. and you Yeah, know. I mean, I would like to see it move into different territory for the next season. Like, 
maybe they wrap up this Evo, but it's not really, like, they, they messed up how they finished, you know. Like, you could have, like, something cool, like, I mean, this might be, sound weird, but kind of like, I know they can't mention Army of Darkness, but if you tie it kind of to the whole, like, how he ends up traveling through time and shit, you could have him, like, defeating evil, but at the same time, like, evil getting back at him and, like, yeah. maybe sending Ash to hell. Like, season two, Ash is in hell. Yeah. I mean, that sounds corny and stupid, but that would work with this show. Yeah. You would, like, Ash, like, oh, shit, the Necronomicon sent me to hell. Because, you know, as you learned from the, you know, basis of the book, it's made from human flesh, it's the gateway to hell, it's, you know, inked in human blood. That's something you, you know, you could feasibly do, yeah. and as corny as it would be... It would totally work with this show. Or you could have, you know. Well, they wanted to send the Ghostbusters to hell in part three. Did you see that? No, I did not. They, if there was a part three, they were going to send them to hell. So. Is that what, that's probably what, when Bill Murray was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but Speaking I mean, of Bill Murray, did you see there's going to be a Christmas special? No. It's like something like Christmas time with Bill Murray or something like oh, that. Oh, that's going to be hilarious. Yeah. So. But I mean, I mean, like, you know, the, I, I think. You know, there's enough to go off of with the series that they, yeah. they could, there's a bunch of things they could possibly do. They're smarter people than me and more creative than than I am, so they could definitely think of different ways. But you know, they could beat this evil. But again, the book, the Necronomicon's full of different evils. different e types yeah. of evil. They could beat this type of you know demon evil and have like a different incarnation come out that they got you know yeah possible if they can stretch the Walking Dead out fifteen fucking <laughs> seasons like they said they already have planned out. I imagine they could get a few good runs out of yeah. Ash versus Evil Dead. For yeah, them. I agree. Um, but really, I've really been enjoying the, uh, the this um, season so far. I'm looking forward to the next episode. I know that. And I can't wait to see where they go with it. Um, that's going to be something that I really, you know, I hope that, I hope it gets to last for a while. I know they've already renewed for season two. Oh, did they? Yeah, they've already renewed it. So, um... That you know, I think that I I I can't see that I'm gonna like start getting sick of it or anything. I, I think I'm just, I'm gonna love it um, throughout its run. So um, if you haven't checked it out, definitely get on that. Find the first three episodes. Episode four uh, comes out this Saturday, so got some watching to do. But they're only half hour episodes, so which which is, which is nice by the way. Yeah. It makes for a very easy breeze, you know, very easy breezy watch. Like, yeah. Even if it was like a, it is like a slower episode, like ep like for me, episode two was a slower episode compared to the one and three. Um, and you know, it's not like it's a slog. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're you're still getting you're, you're still getting somewhere. Yep. So, um, definitely check it out. Um. I think what did we what, what did we say we wanted to talk about earlier before we uh, oh Fallout Four Fallout Four and, and the new Coca Cola Quantum maybe we'll end with that um, for those of you that uh, didn't know um, this previous Tuesday was the release date for Fallout Four which Pornhub saw their uh, I did see that <laughs> Pornhub <laughs> saw their and <laughs> yes yeah, well they actually saw an uptick that night. Or the, the the night before, like the, the early night one, 
It, like at probably midnight, cause, probably cause people because had to get people their... were downloading it. They thought that people were waiting for Fallout 4 to finish downloading their updates and everything. Um, so there was <laughs> an get uptick. My, I gotta get my jacket off and before I start playing. Fallout. And then and then after Fallout 4 came out, like that day, the the usage of Pornhub decreased quite significantly. Apparently, <laughs> enough for them to come out with a statement to the press about it. At least I guess so. So that's an interesting correlation, porn and video games. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's kind of like when I go to Walmart now or Target, and I see, like, great in the video game section, they have Mountain Dew and Doritos. Yeah. So it's like, wow, they really know their target Yeah, they, they got a target demographic. They're going to hit it. So, um, But anyway, with the release of Fallout 4 uh, last Tuesday, um, Target had a... Um, they had a, it was a limited edition, and it was solely Target, uh, only uh, Target exclusive. Um, they had Nuka-Cola Quantum made by uh, Jones. Jones Soda Company. And the Nuka-Cola Quantum had its own label. It was supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be Fallout exclusive to go along with Fallout 4's release. Um, it was um, kind of just like a collector's edition item. Um, and... Apparently, it also got advertised in all the flyers for Target. I know it, in our area, the um, the Target did advertise that it was going to have Nuka Cola Quantum um, that week, um, and so Martin actually went to Target that day because um, we have one close by. And he went to Target, and not only did they not have Nuka Cola Quantum, they did not have Fallout Four out. No, they didn't, and that blew my mind because I mean I don't know if anyone listening is a video game, you know, player or fan. Even had, like even if you play video games you're not a fan of the Fallout series, everybody knew f- fucking Fallout 4 was coming yeah. out and what a big deal everybody it was. Everybody knew that. I mean, Ryan and I are both Fallout fans. We both love Fallout 3. We both love New Vegas. Um, I would love to have Fallout 4, but I don't have a new console yet, so yeah. it's, you know, a dream deferred right now. But I did want to, you know, try get a Nuka-Cola Quantum bottle because it's, you know, just... A cool little collector's item. Yeah. And I go, me and my friend go to our local Target, and we walk around the entire store for half an hour. They didn't fucking have it out. We didn't ask anybody, but we knew, like, look specifically where it should be. wasn't out. It would be out. Like, you would see it if it was out. We went to the video game section because my friend wanted to buy Fallout 4. Even have the game out. And there's no way, and we live in kind of a very small rural area. Yeah. There's no way in hell Target sold out a Fallout 4 before... You know, that early, because it was the first day. And even if they did, like, even if they were going to, we do have, like, a couple of GameStops, actually, in our areas, too. So they that would have been hit first before you would think so. Target, because they usually have kind of deals and st- yeah. better deals and stuff when you pre-order from them. Or you get the game from them. So they didn't have it. So then my friend and I drove a half an hour out to another Target to find they didn't have it either. And I looked online... I, on the store finder on Target, and there every store in the area, like the five Targets, sold out. Of Nuka-Cola Quantum. And that, to me, is ridiculous. And as you were telling me later on, when your dad went to the Target, and he was talking to one of the clerks, because he was probably setting up a display, right? Probably, yeah. And they said they sold out within an hour, and they only got one fucking case of it. Yep. So they only had, like, 12 packs of the shit. And yeah. 12, four packs. That's fucking ridiculous. Yes, they sold. I mean, obviously they're going to sell out. That's like somebody just saw that. 
you know, if somebody was just curious about it, they bought one. Like, obviously, you're going to sell out with 12 packs. There's no, you know, that doesn't even mean somebody stormed the aisles looking for, you know, Nuka-Cola Quantum. That could have just been some mom who was like, oh, I think my son likes Fallout. Let me grab one. And early in the morning. and Well, to me, like, I would be like, I don't know how many parents even fucking know about Fallout. But, I, I mean... That's Cause just it's ridiculous. Because it's not even like... I mean, I know it's a mature game and a lot of kids play mature games, but it's not like a mature game in the vein of Call of Duty or Grand Theft yeah. Auto where it would hit, like, a 12-year-old's demographic. Like... Because yeah. it's a pretty heavy game, you know. So I can't... You know, it's not something I could see, like... Even that, but, like, that, that to me blew my mind and pissed me off just because... Just on... Yeah. Pr- I mean, uh, just on principle. Don't I mean, advertise something as... I mean, I know it's limited edition, but usually limited edition means you'll have it for uh, like a month or two. Yeah. Not, it's there for an hour. I mean, the big thing was that they had advertised it. There was um, like a, I think probably like a month prior, there was like a big yeah. press release and everything that that was going to be, you know, it was going to be out during Fallout 4's release. And so people were expecting it, but not in the same way that they were expecting to get, like, a limited one-of-a-kind item. It wasn't, like, that big. It just We just thought it was kind of, like, a, a cool uh, thing to throw to gamers. In, yeah. kind, kind of like how Oreo releases their Halloween or Winter Oreos. Yeah, when you see, like, when a you, special... Yeah, when you see, like, them, like, our oh, Halloween Oreos, and it's not like, hey, there's only 12 of those. Yeah, there's only 12 <laughs> in the area. Um, so, but I mean, I guess that was, that was true all around. I mean, certain stores might've gotten two or three crates if they were bigger, but other than that, it was just all around in with targets. They only got, you know, a few crates of, of them to, to disperse and they all sold out like really. And I went pretty early in the, I went like at 10 in the morning. So my question is, like, who the fuck was going, like... Yeah, I mean, it depends on when they put them out. I don't even know. Like, what time does Target open? Nine? I have no... I don't even know. I feel like it's nine, nine o'clock in the it's morning It's not like it's that like early. That. It's not like it's Walmart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, it's like, where... I mean, I don't... I just don't... I didn't understand the whole marketing gimmick behind it. It didn't make sense to me, but... So that was just something we wanted to bring up, because, like, I, I've seen, like, on PissConsumer.com... You got, like, people complaining to Target. One guy who was actually around our area complaining to Target is just super pissed off that they didn't have one. Um, You know, it's not like we're... You weren't expecting it to be that limited edition where it should go online for $150. It's the same fucking Jones Soda as uh, the... No, yeah, berry no. lemonade. Yeah, so I was like, you just buy that. I'm like, I'm like, I know, I don't want fucking berry lemonade. I don't like Joe Soda that much to begin with, but... I mean, yeah. I've had it only a few times. I mean, and they do make extravagantly, like, stupid sodas. Like, I know Thanksgiving's around. They come out, like, a Thanksgiving pack where they have, like, a turkey-flavored soda, a stuffing-flavored soda, a green bean-flavored soda. Yeah, they do. They have all those. Yeah, like, but I mean... Yeah. I just wanted it for the novelty's sake. Yeah. But, I mean... To you have know, it. You know what? Fuck them. I'll just go to the mall now and keep buying Surge, because Surge is back. And Burger King's getting a Surge slushy. Ooh. And I can't wait to, you know, just go try that, because that'll bring back even more nostalgia of the 90s. Do yourself a favor and don't buy those Nuka-Cola Quantums online, like on eBay, that are going for ridiculous prices, because you could get a fake, because people are making the labels and just putting the very I mean, in I, it, so. I mean, I want it, but not bad enough no, for I'd no. hate that fucking much, and plus, you know, shipping That's... and handling and shit for it, no. Nah, no way. So don't do that. Don't don't be that person. It's not <laughs> worth it.
just enjoy the game for what it is and for all the bugs. Yeah. Yeah, for all the uh, the bugs and the, the brokenness, the glitches in it. That is not going to stop me from getting it, but which is funny because every review I've seen is like it's broken to hell, glitchy as hell. It's almost forgivable how Bethesda keeps releasing games like this, but we can't put it down. Yeah, and I think that's the I think that's how everybody is. I I haven't seen one person who was like I I, I which, stopped which, playing. Which Call. which by the way, if you keep giving reviews and shit like that, and people feel that way. Bethesda's is never going to make a yeah, polished no, game because they know, like, well, we did such a good job world building and shit. It doesn't matter how broken and glitchy it is. People are still going to be playing it forever and buy our DLC and shit. I'm just hoping that there's no infinite loop like we almost got into with Fallout New Vegas. Trying to escape from the oh building over and over again because of a... No matter, even how glitch... See, that, see that's where like, I become a hypocrite because you know what? As buggy and glitchy as New Vegas was, looking back, I mean, I didn't enjoy... The first time playing through it, I didn't enjoy as much as Fallout 3. Yeah. Now, looking back, it's so much better than Fallout 3. Just, like, the overall depth to it. It's, yeah. like, it's so much better. Like, the factions, yeah, the morality, and, and... and then the side quest, and the fact that they pumped it out so quick, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Makes me want to play New Vegas now. I know. Um... All right, so I think we'll wrap this up. Um, just a, a recap, if you're kind of like tuning in late, at the beginning we touched on The Walking Dead, um, and then we went into kind of our beer selection. And then later around like the 30-minute mark, we kind of, we really got into Ash vs. Evil Dead um, and, and covered all the first the three episodes that have aired so far. Um Thanks for listening to us, and if you uh, want to continue to hear all of these great podcasts that we do, um, you should definitely like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. You can catch us on iTunes. Just search for us, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We're on there. Subscribe to us. Give us a great review. Um, SoundCloud, we're on there as well, soundcloud.com slash Blood and Black Rum. When, and, when are the t-shirts coming? Yeah, we should. We should do some t-shirts. <laughs> And um, you can email us, too, at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, but I don't really think very many people use that one. But if you do, you can catch us on there as well. And I put us in a bunch of other um, uh, uh, places as well, like online sites that we that you can find us on. So any of those, um, drop us a line. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Let us know what you want us to cover next time. Um, I think we, we're going to have a good one next time. I think we are going to have a good one. I think we're going to cover um, Troll 2. Screen Factory released that today. Uh, today's Tuesday, the, uh, what is it, the 17th? Yeah, yep. it's the 17th. Uh, November 17th, uh, Screen Factory released Troll and Troll 2, a double feature on Blu-ray. As most of you know, Troll and Troll 2 have nothing in common with each other, but they did release them just because, for simplicity's sake, I guess. Um, sometimes on the uh, Screen Factory Blu-ray, if you were good, at, if you were quick enough to grab, I think it would maybe like the first 500, include the Best Worst Movie Doc documentary which, which you is can a, which is a great documentary yep which you should check out um you know try to get try to get that blu-ray i think if you order it from screen factory's website then you can you you have a better chance of getting it. i don't really know if like if you order from amazon if you'll get that or not but uh it is out today and we i have it we will be covering troll 2 next time um it's the best worst movie second best worst movie what's the first it's the room Oh, okay. The room, yeah. the, the, the room we'll is have, the first we'll best movie. Well, best worst you'll movie. have to watch the room. The room is have to do that so bad. Literally, 
I shit you not, it is so bad. It's hilarious. And, you know, the drinking game to that is even more deadlier than the I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Maybe we'll do a podcast for drinking with the cranks. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we will be back next time, um, probably in a week or so, to cover Troll 2. And uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see featured on Blood and Black Rum podcast. And um, definitely tune in next time for our next episode. Thanks for listening. Frosty. Luther. Frosty. Hit.